Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Media Post reports TikTok is Gen Z's favorite brand, proving once again big booty Latinas and bug fights are universally loved by old and young alike. Hi, kids. You are listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast, Does Recruitment Marketing. I'm your co-host, Joel Future Jerks Cheeseman. This is Chad, still not drinking the Kool-Aid, so wash. This is Julie, love to watch men let it grow for Movember, Callie. All right, on this episode. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> d- diving into Indeed FutureWorks Conference, bias laws and LinkedIn's document ads. Let's do this. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube. That was good. Letting it grow for Movember. You might want to explain that one, Julie. Movember? You don't know about <laughs> you Movember? Know Movember. You, said, you said making it grow for Movember. It might have sound, yes. sounded like November. It sounded very, very much a porn reference is what I'm saying. Well, if you're <laughs> not aware of what Movember is, it's supporting men's health and uh, cancer, cancer research. right? Yes, well, yeah. all men's health and cancer research. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of people show their support by growing beards and mustaches um, in November. And I have a lot of people in my life that do that. And I absolutely love this time of year to watch everybody <laughs> awkwardly grow it in when they're not used to doing it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I love men with beards. I love to see everybody's facial hair. That escalated quickly. It has to be a mustached account. You can't do the beat. You got to have like the stash, the cheesy 70s porn star stash. What? If you're really going to make a statement for. You November. got a problem with the whaler? That's the look without oh, the, the mustache. Whaler. Uh, whaler's the good. Whaler. Uh, the, the evil villain twirl at the end. Oh, yeah. uh, the Raleigh Fingers. Oh. Remember that one, Chad? The, the Raleigh 70s Fingers. 70s picture yeah. reference. That, that, yeah, that's you need right. some wax for that. Yeah. Are you guys going to be styling with some wax? A little, oh, little uh, twirlies on do, the I've end? I've tried that one and my wife hated it. I've tried the little curl <laughs> at the end. And my wife was like, no, no, nope, nope. So... Happy She's wife, happy look life. No more uh, twirlies on my uh, mustache. Sorry, kids. Twirly Sorry, kids. free. And speaking of twirly free, let's get to shout out, shall we? Okay. I'm happy to go first. My shout out goes to Adidas. The company ended its partnership with Ye last week, <laughs> also known as Kanye West. Uh-huh. I guess that's how the kid the kids pronounce it. Uh, exterminated with immediate effect. Adidas stock is down 60-something percent so far in 2022, by the way. The Yee partnership hasn't gone very well, it seems. Uh, From a recruitment marketing perspective, 
It brings into question the wisdom of bringing celebrities who might invariably muck up the brand, if you will. Uh, one, hello layoffs for all the employees who were supporting all the Yeezy Yay products. Layoffs? As well as retention. Um, in this case, how do you feel being a Jewish employee at Adidas partnering with someone like Kanye West? There are employment brand ramifications to getting in bed with celebrities. Chad, you'll also remember Intel and Will I Am not exactly mm. being the best fit in terms of spokesmen and partnerships with companies. Think first before you get in bed with that celebrity employers. It could damage the brand. Shout out to Adidas. All right. Shout out to New York City for Ooh, officially so nice. being in the salary transparency uh, legislation starting the, for right. November. That is sexy, kids. That's yeah, right. New York City and Westchester County. So two of them uh, with their very close relation to each other, meaning there's going to be a lot of people hitting uh, websites, checking out how much compensation is being paid in their own organization as well as others. Yes, exactly. I can't wait to see how companies get around this new law. That'll be the funnest part. Yeah. Our salary range is zero to a million dollars. There, there we're confining with the law. They have to have legit pay bands, right, Julie? Well, yeah. So there has to be a reasonable um, pay band. That does mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they can't go over it. They can. There certainly has to be justification for that. Um, but you just said, uh, Joel, something that um, I am hearing quite a trend from. Um, I will share that. And talking with a lot of people about, you know, companies trying to understand what pay transparency is and like, how am I going to address this? Uh Um, A lot of them are not prepared and they feel there's a really high risk that's going to be associated with them trying to comply within the timeline and they're they're not ready. So there's been a lot of, um, I'd say, activity happening that companies are doing to respond and One of them is that, like, you have to disclose compensation on the job posting. Mm-hmm. So what if you don't post the job, right? So that's something that's happening. Well, you have to post the job if you're if you're a federal contractor. So, I mean, that's one of the things. So there's a large bulk of companies that will have to. They're, they're man- mandated to. But if you're not, there's kind of like under the radar you could fly, right? Right. So, it, you know, the choice is you have to disclose it to post Uh it. So companies are weighing that and saying, well, what is the risk to me to disclose this right now? It's not worth the risk. Pull the job. Mm. So there is I think it's going to muck up a lot of the data of companies saying, oh, companies are, you know, cutting jobs and there's less jobs out there. Well, there's a couple of reasons why that's happening. Mm -hmm. Yes, there might be some softening in the market, but I think it's going to get mucked up with a lot of response to transparency because people are taking down jobs that they don't want to disclose comp on right now. They're Mm -hmm. not posting them. They're taking them down. Uh, They're also taking down pipeline jobs, right? There's a lot of jobs out there that people post just to pipeline talent. Mm-hmm. And those are coming down because mm-hmm. they just create risk that they don't want to address right now. And then a lot of the executive level positions, a lot of really higher paid um, and compensated positions, they're just saying, we don't want to disclose that right now. Send that off to an outsourced company. Send that out to a staffing company. So all these things are happening. That mm-hmm. means there's going to be less jobs posted in these locations. And people are going to say, oh, it's because I'm economy is softening. No, it's because companies don't know how to respond to transparency and they're taking their so jobs who, down. Who's going to organize uh, the people to come out 
and uh, say that we need to get this law off the books because jobs aren't being posted. Somebody's got to organize that, right? Oh, yeah. I bet yeah. there are already people who are feeling growth from this right now. They're feeling activity come to their business, looking for ways to get around this, and they're going to find ways. The real winners are New York City employment lawyers. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of counsel going on yes, right now is. in this area. It's so ridiculous. Companies saying that they they are never ready for things. I remember before this whole pandemic thing, companies were never ready for remote work. And guess what? Within two weeks, everybody was working remotely. So I call bullshit once again to all these companies who say that they are not ready. They're looking for excuses not to do what they should have been doing for, for decades. It is total bullshit. The risk that they have right now in not paying people fairly currently in their organization is much greater than them actually putting salaries on the jobs. Oh, you're so right. And that's exactly what's happening, though. These companies that are like, wait a minute, we can't post this job because mm-hmm. half of our employees aren't even paid in this range. Exactly. And yeah. as they're realizing that, they're like, wait, pump the brakes. Don't post the job with the comp. But we are going to have to figure out what to do with all these people. So it the, the behavior that we want is happening. Mm-hmm. They're turning yeah. around and saying, uh-oh, before we can do this and make it public, we better go back and fix the problem inside the box of us not paying everybody in the same role fairly. So Holy good shit. news that that's making the right effect. Bad news that postings are going to go down a little bit, which could affect uh-huh. the industry quite a bit. Um, as things try to normalize. And just a big shout out to our friends over at Syndio, which is the platform that you plug all this shit into, and then it just shows you where your fucking things are. It's simple, guys. We have tech that does this. So all you companies that say, oh, it's too hard to be able, it's total bullshit. You can you can go out and get it done in the snap of a finger. Well, maybe not that fast, but pretty. Julie's got a great point where some people aren't even in that range, and how do you have a conversation with them when jobs are posted above well above that range. You pay them the gap. Yes. And then you do back pay. That's what you do. You you unfuck the situation is what you do. You're making people think, Chad. You're making people make hard decisions. <laughs> this isn't how it's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. GDP over happiness. I get it. I get it. Okay. Big shout out to our friends over at Twitter, kids. That's right. <laughs> shout out really at to, to Twitter's new employer brand. And you, and you might be asking, new employer brand. What are you talking about? Julie, you got to agree with me. After last week, Elon Musk officially taking over as owner of Twitter, that leadership change has to change the brand. Wouldn't you agree? And especially just the impact on hiring individuals, especially after coming out saying that he was going to fire 75% of the staff. Which he's apparently doing. (laughs) (laughs) So a statement like that, everyone's afraid for their job, questioning why they're even there. Um, You know, and I was just listening this morning about how the entire product leadership team might roll over. So that's your product leadership, right? That What's that going to do to all the other product developers that fall underneath that and the experience that they have? So it's going to have quite a rippling effect. There's going to be people I think that they're going to choose to, you know, toss out of the company. There's people that are going to mm-hmm. volunteer to leave. But isn't uh, having an employer brand being authentic to a cause or a purpose? I think they're actually going to draw people in who support what he's trying to do and the changes he's trying to make. So um, I think it's a culture change. 
Gotcha. And you're going to detract people, and you're going to attract them. Interesting. So you're going to see a big a slew of people that are going to be leaving or fired or what have you. I think they're going to a lot of people that just hang on to see what kind of cash they're going to get. Oh, I'd stay around for the show, <laughs> Julie. There's some there's some uh, there's some thought that if Twitter lays off that many people, you know, Pinterest is next, Snap is next. Like you're going to see mass layoffs at at companies that hire a lot of tech people. That and that impacts our industry, right? Like our unicorns the eightfolds the the deals the remotes like what's your take on is that going to spill over into uh, our space and others well i think what's happening at twitter is a little more unique than what a lot of the other companies might experience um right every company needs to find a way to be profitable (laughs) um and i think you know, Elon's going to make some very big moves to make mm-hmm. sure that $44 billion investment <laughs> um, has some value to it. Um, so he's going to be pretty dramatic in the changes that he looks to make, where others might be creating investment towards what they see for the future. And, and I just see that as a like, he needs to monetize the business he has, and others might want to build to compete for the future. I guess the 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 caveat to that is if he's successful after laying off seventy five percent, everyone's going to go, okay, he did it and was successful. Now let's copy that, as opposed to now it might be a wait and see approach to what that does to uh, the product. You know, I hope that that's not the way that things work. That people look to one and what one person did in one business and they copy that. Um, I actually think he yeah. has incredible influence like that, um, where, oh, you know, most business leaders might have common sense to not follow just what somebody else did. But he really does have influence. And a lot of people look to mm-hmm. him as a, an incredible entrepreneur sure. and investor. So, yeah, he could create a ripple effect if he shows really positive results in the action he takes. I mean, one thing I will credit for him is he is authentically him. He says what he thinks. He you know, takes action on what he believes. And that's not something that you always see from someone leading in a position like his, where they play it safe, they stick to their talking points. Yeah, but when you have that kind of money, you can do that. You can afford to do that kind of shit. And he has. I mean, I'm really surprised yeah. that the SEC and the government has to, hasn't come after him for, you know, hitting stock and whatnot. I mean, it's just, it? it's it's ridiculous. What's the old adage? Money doesn't change you. It just brings out who you really are. Mm-hmm. This is who he is. And he brings sinks to work. From a recruiting perspective, like, should do people still care about Twitter? I mean, there was a time where there was a lot of recruiting going on on Twitter. Like, is it your sense that it's still a hot place to find people? I mean, everyone's doing webinars on TikTok. And have we just moved on from Twitter from a workforce perspective? Yeah, I've, I've never really seen Twitter as like a significant uh, source for recruitment. Um, it is where people do some personal branding. It is certainly where they make sure that they're seen and they're connected mm-hmm. to, you know, whatever the hot topics are and the trends. And but I have not I have never seen Twitter be a even in my top 10 ever on yeah. any customer's uh, list of um best sources I wouldn't call it a recruitment major recruitment marketing play. There's just too many other channels out there and people aren't interested in like reading short messages even anymore. They want short videos like TikTok is (laughs) TikTok's driving more results right now than Twitter ever did. It's more about the twerk than it is the work people. (laughs) Just as long as you're not twerking Cheeseman. Oh, don't worry about that, man. Don't worry about that. (laughs) 
Topics! All right, let's get into this for the third time on our oh show, God. but this time a totally di- We got an insider on this one. All right, <laughs> so Indeed had its annual event, for those who don't know, uh, earlier this month. Uh, they've changed the name from Interactive Indeed to Future Jerks, <laughs> or I mean Future Works, sorry. More porn references. <laughs> yeah, the, the new name apparently represents a new and fresh approach to its annual marquee event, which I'm guessing needed a fresh new approach. So they brought in Ryan Reynolds, uh, he keynoted the event. Uh, Chad still has a boner about the news on that one. Uh, Ryan's talk was entitled <laughs> Levity and Leadership and focused on how to pivot careers, build brands, and blaze a trail in business with authentic connections. Uh, but the new Deadpool movie aside, the biggest news was that Indeed is going full-on paper applicant in their pricing. In short, starting next year, employers using Indeed will pay only when a candidate starts or submits an application rather than when they click on a job ad. Julie, you were actually in attendance. What was broadcast on the stage and what was whispered over happy hour? I'm guessing they're two different things. What was your takeaway from your time at FutureWorks? Well, Ryan Reynolds certainly was uh, quite, <laughs> you know, and I, w- I would say his presence in that, in the way he spoke on the stage, I loved him before, but I loved him more after because yeah. he was fantastic. Um, I loved that Indeed had the CMO asking him questions, but he didn't care what her questions were. He had his own things that he <laughs> clearly was there to say, and he had a lot to say, and I thought great perspective. So, so it's great to have Ryan Reynolds there. I'd been to all of the Indeed interactives. I think maybe one mm-hmm. that I'd missed ever that they'd had. Um, and this was very different. Usually it would be a few days. Um, Austin, you know, a couple thousand people would be there. Um, there'd be a lot of breakouts where you'd go and you'd hear people from the industry, people who are practitioners giving talks, giving little roundtables. There was all kinds of experience to interact with other people. What was very different about this um, conference was it was all Indeed. Every breakout was Indeed. Every uh, room was about Indeed and a product and a success story. So there wasn't really a stage for others. It was all Indeed. Uh-huh. And I think that's because they had so much to communicate. They needed that whole day to like bring all that messaging out. They had extra Kool-Aid. Now, were there breakouts in different rooms or was it all one stage? Yeah, there was one one main stage, yep. you know, where the main uh, presentation, keynotes and um, things happened. And then there were some breakouts where you could like choose your own adventure to the things that you were more interested in learning about. But they were all about Indeed mm-hmm. products. Mm-hmm and indeed success stories. They were not presented by others, which was very different. That's that's not how the conferences had been in the past. So yes, you know, indeed going CPA was probably the biggest um, announcement there. But they've been doing objective-based campaigns, right, uh, for almost all of this year. Uh, but their statement was very bold that next year they will be moving to a CPA model. Um, but that was news to many even indeed employees. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like leadership got up on the stage and said, here's what we're uh-huh. doing. And all of the employees said, I would like to learn more about that. <laughs> we don't know how many Indeed employees messaged us after our two podcasts over the last few days. And it was like, I learned more from your podcast than I did from our fucking company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, the, the communication uh, did not make its way down enough, which is probably uh, in a here empathy for the Indeed employee, right? That uh, There's a lot of empathy for that because everybody wants to call their rep the next oh, day and God. say, how does this yeah. work? 
What is my cost yeah. per applicant going to be? Yeah. How is this going to change? I have to budget for next year, right? Yeah. Recruitment marketers and TA people are trying to budget for next year, but there's changes coming and we don't even understand how to respond to that because there's not enough information. There still isn't enough information, by the way. <laughs> the CEOs of the big programmatic companies that are out there didn't know what was happening either. Mm. Yeah, it, most of the 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 companies have been wired into Indeed that do... Um, you know, programmatic, we're aware of objective-based campaigns, but the fact mm -hmm. that they're going to go to complete CPA, yes. um, it, it honestly, there's not enough information to be clear about what that's going to look like because <laughs> they, this is only right now, they're saying this is only when they have significant data. So what about when you don't have significant data? Well, yeah. there's not an answer for that yet. <laughs> so what is yeah. significant and what is that data set, Right. Um, because not everyone's application process is the same. Some keep no. it really simple. Click a button. And the Indeed Pixel doesn't fire on every single system that's out there. Right. So what data set is this working off of is a, is a very uh -huh. big question. I, I would love yes. to know, like, where, what data are you using to calculate this? <laughs> and what changes, right? Um, yeah. It makes me very nervous that someone's going to dictate for the market what the cost per applicant should be. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you saying Indeed might do that? Come on, Julie, that would never happen. Well, who decides the cost <laughs> per applicant? Who decides? Well, Indeed does. Indeed of course to. they do. <laughs> of course they do. Well, and, and here's the thing. There's, there's again, an evil genius behind being this gray is because you don't have to have a solid answer. You don't have to have rules to live by and work by. You just make them up as you go. Call by call. And that is, again, part of the evil genius of Indeed. You know, in theory, some of the things that they're looking to put into play mm -hmm. really will improve the job seeker experience. Closing the gap on how long it takes to hear back from someone about a job, hearing back at all. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I think these are some really positive things that they might be able to address with this. Because if you're paying per application, it, it, you paid for it. You got 48 hours, apparently, or 72 hours to get a credit back if that candidate wasn't a good candidate. But you have to give feedback. These are things that we're not used to doing in TA space, getting back to people within three days and making a decision and then giving feedback. If this is right. if this really happens, that could be awesome. Some people don't know what that is. And I don't even know what that is. Is that if, if you apply through the Indeed system, there's an automated three day response. If you don't put a specific risk like is it just they do it if you don't do it kind of like putting salary ranges on a job there are deal breaker questions that you put on your job right now how is this going to connect to an ats nobody has any idea right exactly so you're gonna have to use the indeed platform and then uh -huh. you create these deal breaker questions and uh -huh. if somebody answers one of the deal breaker <laughs> questions or you know wrong then then they're not qualified for the position and if, if you come back with candidates 72 hours and you say, hey, these candidates are not qualified, Indeed's going to say, well, why? Yeah. And that means you either need to change your job description because you're not being clear enough in your description or you need to make different knockout questions. All of this <laughs> okay. can speed up the time to respond and hire, but it puts all of the, you know, the controls in with Indeed to, to yeah. really dictate yes. that. And their platform, they want, they're, tr they're trying to move people away from their ATS yeah. into the Indeed hiring platform. Yes. And if, if this product does work the way they say it does with instant match and the ability for people to get response within three days, the job seekers are going to be happy. 
and people are going to be enjoying that experience, it's only going to lead to adding more people becoming loyal to using Indeed as a candidate because they get a great experience Mm -hmm. there that's consistent that they can predict. And then that's going to create a dependency for everyone to continue to use that. And then I'm guessing there'll be some uh, some sort of consulting business where if you don't know how to improve your job, we'll come in for a fee and help you improve the job. Is that coming or has that been announced? Well, I would because say... Because you get into RPO territory, staffing territory. They- most people, I think, walked away thinking the biggest announcement in there was, in, you know, the Indeed CPC going away, moving to a CPA model. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But there were two other things that I saw really kind of come out at this. I, I would say... Talk to me. <laughs> well, Indeed... Flex finally, I'd say, came out of the closet. Indeed, Flex <laughs> has been a thing it, that Indeed yeah. has been doing for some time. Now, it is an independent business to Indeed, but it is still owned by Recruit. Um, mm-hmm. has Indeed in the name, but it's a little bit separated from it. So for those that don't know Indeed Flex, give us a quick elevator description of that. Um, so Indeed Flex is a way for you to be able to post Um, hourly worker, um, temporary positions, and then be able to fulfill them on the platform where you're able to say, here's the shifts that I'm looking for. Here's the type of work that I'm looking for. Um, And then these are more hourly wage type roles. Um, And then they're able to fulfill against those based on matching people. But with what's very different about this is this is not I'm looking for applicants. This is I'm looking for people to start on Friday. So yeah. Indeed is really operating as a temp staffing agency in this way. Yeah. And if you go yes. look at the privacy policy on Indeed Flex, it says staffing agency. <laughs> so yes. so that tells you right there, this is not Indeed, which is about advertising. They're the employer of record, correct? They are the employer well, of record. Well, yes. the 1099 worker. So mm-hmm. you think about all of the people out there in the gig economy, right? Yep. They can now go to Indeed Flex and work as a gig economy in the gig economy through finding opportunities through Indeed. So that's one that I thought was like, hey, this has been brewing on the yeah. back burner quietly. Uh, I believe it's in, oh, I forget how many, two dozen at least states and growing. But yes, that's, that is a competition to uh, temporary staffing agencies. Mm-hmm. Then um, Indeed Hire has been around for some time now, but really took more of a main stage with this. And now if Indeed is um, able to manage the entire experience with all of their tools, they're also going to be able to use them to create placements and build predictions against that and then charge people to say, hey, we'll handle the whole thing for you. Just pay us a percentage of the person we place. So that you know, goes direct competition with staffing. We haven't seen this before, i.e. Career Builder, Monster. I mean, they all did this. Hubris. All of them did this. Hubris. Yeah. Only I can fix it, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, did you, did you come away with at, from the show being optimistic about Indeed? Were you sort of skeptical, cynical? Did it reek of desperation or did it reek of like a company that knows exactly where it wants to go and it's it's moving forward on everything? Um, I think it's really smart what Indeed's doing for Indeed. Evil genius <laughs> smart, as Chad says. Yeah, okay. No. I I really think a lot of the changes that they're making are to address real problems. And and some of them are completely valid. Like the candidates 
have a terrible experience hunting for jobs. The complaints they have about uh, black hole waiting too long to hear back from somebody never hearing back. There's so much time wasted from people applying to jobs. And then companies are saying we don't have enough candidates, right? So mm-hmm. they, they're making a lot of changes that I really think can solve some of these problems. The thing that's, you know, a little uncomfortable about it is that it's all going to be dependent on their tools. Yeah, it's all forced is what it is. The uncomfortable feeling is that this is being forced. That's what it is. You don't have a choice on this. Yeah. It's being forced, whether you like it or not. And what they're saying is, and, and we actually talked about this on one of our earlier shows this week, is you know, as you think about it, we've been heralding uh, Indeed for you know uh, mandating salary or, or putting on itself. Well, to be quite frank, they're just pumping their own their own gas pedal because salary they know will get more applies. How are they going to get paid? on more applies. So they're taking advantage of a situation that yes, talent acquisition has fucked up over the last 20 years. They are taking advantage of of a situation, but there's going to be no choice in this whole scenario. You're going to be forced. They want to be monopolists. This is why they, you know, people get great results from Indeed. Why? Because they do things to make the candidates feel great in their search with Indeed, way above the competition on other sites, other job sites. And that's why they leave them in the dust is that they they are always looking at how can we make it a better engaging experience for the job seeker? How can we make sure that the job seeker is getting the best quality experience on our platform? And if they keep continuing to take those actions, then job seekers are going to continue to favor their site. That's why the people get so such great results when they advertise. Yeah, I, I think it's it's more that they have more traffic and they have more candidates coming to them uh, because they were ahead of everybody else going into the downturn when everybody else got killed and they came out of it on top of the hill and they've been ahead ever since. I don't think it has, I think, I think you, you, you're fresh out of the Kool-Aid bin. You need to get off the Kool-Aid a little bit, Julie. <laughs> no, sorry. I believe that indeed climbed the mountain of success. Uh-huh. It, it, it is on today. It got there with great SEO. Um, it got there winning all the traffic for the most common job seeker terms on Google because that's where everybody went. They went to Google to search for a job. That's how they climbed the mountain. But then they built a brand and a name that job seekers knew. And then they maintained that with great experience. So by delivering all that, right, which is what we say any brand should do, <laughs> that's how they became. But now they are going to stay there because they are going to improve that experience that goes beyond just find the job. It's find f- find the role, get hired. It feels very much like, I guess, you know, Apple's strategy of everything you need to do is going to be right here. And you're going to pay us a premium to have that convenience, be be with that brand that you trust. It's a it's a fine line to continually walk that 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 premium and brand trust. If they can do it, more power to them. But hist- history generally says when monopolies are created, monopolies fall. And there's innovation dies, pricing goes you know, through the roof, and people start looking for an alternative. If they can pull this off, you know, great. But, I mean, just from the sounds of internally they didn't know this was going on, uh, people got caught flat-footed on this. To me, that doesn't reek of, hey, we're introducing the new iPhone and everyone's excited. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? It's not, an, you know, to me, it's not an excitement. It's like, oh, my God, what does this mean? And that is not a good footing to be on. I mean, we'll see. 
you're you're maybe you're drinking Kool-Aid. We'll give you a month to settle down. But you're <laughs> you're obviously sort of pro on this. And I think uh, a lot of people will like it. Um, a lot of people won't. Yeah. A lot of people like Chad will be, I'm an Android guy and fuck all y'all and I'm going the alternative yeah, route. Yeah. And single point of failure, baby. I love that you just brought up the the Apple phone thing on that because people have to build apps, right? For Droid or iOS, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They have to play in both markets. That's exactly what's going to happen here. People are going to have to have two processes, one with Indeed uh. and one with everything else. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Because you are going to have to operate your career site, your ATS, all of your screener questions and all of those things that you do mm-hmm. from start to finish to manage your experience with all of the other vendors. And then you're also going to have to have a process that's inside Indeed and using Indeed Hire, using mm-hmm. all of Indeed's tools where they deliver you the applicant and they never touch your ATS and they never touch your career site and all that tech that you pay for is irrelevant in that case. Yeah. And so, like Apple, if you don't want these users, you don't have to bet on our, on our platform, but good luck yeah. not being on Apple and or in this case, indeed. Yeah. So maybe, they, maybe they've got the industry by the short and curlies, you know, maybe they, uh, they're in the right place to do all this stuff and we have nothing to say about it. Evil genius, baby. All right, guys, let's take a quick break and uh, talk a little LinkedIn when we get back. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. All right. LinkedIn and Indeed. Is this not the show that everyone's going to listen to? All right. Uh, LinkedIn recently announced some new ad tools. Uh, Indeed isn't the the only one announcing new shit. Uh, These tools help you maximize LinkedIn ad campaigns, including document ads, offline conversation, data integration, and a new media library for storing and sourcing ad content. For this conversation, let's focus on document ads. Uh, LinkedIn will now enable advertisers to promote long-form documents direct end-users feeds, which can also be made available via sign-up. I see benefit to vendors and possibly employers looking uh, to get a little bit creative in their advertising. Julie, more importantly, what's your take on LinkedIn's new document ads? Well, I'm glad that they're formalizing this into a product. Um, It's probably one of the most common ways that people do um, B2B lead generation right now on LinkedIn is like, hey, I got this really cool white paper, this really awesome piece of information that you want. So click here so that you can get access to it. And then who knows what that experience might look like that you get taken down the rabbit hole from when all you want to do is just give them your information and get that stupid white paper. So 
Well, they're going to accelerate the potential for this to happen by making this a much better experience. Click a button, your information gets passed to the provider, and then you get the uh, the asset that you're looking for. So streamlines it. I, I think it's a great thing. So, so lead gen pages are pretty much dead after this then. I mean, everything, uh, again, mm-hmm. just goes straight through uh, LinkedIn because it'll be much easier. You just go ahead and you have your campaign set up. You, you put your document in. And then if I go and I want it, I click, you know, I, I download and then it automatically sends my information to them and bang, bing, bang, boom, you're done. Yeah. Great. That's a great experience. It, it sounds yeah, like it. Yeah. Now, what I love is so. Instagram has been doing this for a while, Facebook as well. Uh-huh. Um, but you typically just see a little ad, right? Hey, find out eight ways to optimize for TikTok <laughs> or whatever, right? Like click here if you're interested and they pull in your Instagram account mm-hmm. and then it automatically goes into the company and then you're, you know, then you're in the, uh, the drip campaign. What I like about this is you actually get to sample, you know, up to three pages of the actual paper or content that you're downloading. And I think that's one thing that people would rather see, right? It's it's nice to get a good little headline in an ad about eight ways or 10 best ways and then put your shit in, uh, but that typically isn't what you've actually signed up for. This gives you an actual piece of what you're getting. I think you're right in terms of B2B, content marketing it works very well. Uh, a good piece of content written by someone that they know and trust uh, is a great way to, to fill that funnel. Where I think that it's missing is uh, on the employer side in, in particular, there's a real opportunity for employers to produce content uh, that's relevant to the people they're trying to recruit. So for example, if you're looking for technical people, you know, having your, your CTO or someone you know, write a paper about a programming language or you know, a new way to look at blockchain or you know, something that's relevant to your business, people are more likely passive job seekers in particular, more likely to download, you know, what a CTO at a company I know is saying about something I care about than I would a job posting written by a recruiter employing, you know, employing people at this, this job. And so, so I think a a savvy employer uh, is going to understand that they can get into the content marketing game and provide really good content and load their funnel up with good candidates that could be more, much more effective than, oh, let's just put a job posting up. Like employers need to get creative around how they get uh, get candidates into the funnel. And I think this is a really cool way to do that. Yeah, I think there's potential for um, recruitment marketers to think about how to be creative mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, one that I would throw out there that I'd absolutely do right now is there's so many companies right now doing pay analysis. They're doing pay analysis of their own team <laughs> and of the market, yeah. right? Yeah. So what if you were the company that said, I have a pay analysis report for these types of roles and here's where we sit, right? People would absolutely drool over that. If you're working in a certain type of role, you want that report Mm -hmm. so that you Mm -hmm. can see what it looks like across the market. And then to see that a company was being so openly positioning themselves as here's where we stand. We are not the top, we are in the middle, but here's why we think that's good. Like. You're consu- You're like eating the candy and the Kool-Aid at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that there's some really creative ways that that might be able to be used. And those creative companies will probably be on recruitmentmarketing.com Ooh. sharing those insights and case studies or learning about more from their peers. The only thing I'm more sick of than the Halloween candy that I ate last night is talking about Indeed fucking cost <laughs> per applicant. I'm going to be on 
on a break from Indeed for Lies. a while. Probably not because they're Lies. in the news all the yeah. time. But otherwise, I'm Joel. He's Chad. She's Julie. We out. We out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. There's so many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho... Be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chadcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business, when you need it, from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.